Check. Hey everybody, welcome to New Hope. If you can make your way back to your seat, we're so glad to have you here. We're gonna get started, so as quick as you can, make your way back to your seat. We're gonna get into today's service. Somebody shout out, God is good. All the time. Oh, we almost had our video announcements. Try it one more time.
All right, if we could have everybody stand on our feet. Come on, let's just raise our hands in the air. Let's get ready for God to do something powerful today. Came here to get a touch from the Holy Ghost. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of your Son, Jesus, Lord. We thank you for today. We thank you for what you're going to do. We thank you for greater things that are going to happen. Lord, we thank you that our greatest days are ahead of us. Lord, not just invite your presence here, Lord, and we say, have your way. Touch lives. Build faith. Build joy. Build peace. Lord, may this be a day like no other day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Don't be 
bless your name in this place, oh God. Give you thanks and honor and glory. We don't forget in this place your goodness in our lives. We thank you, Jesus. We use our voice and our words to thank you in this place. We give you honor. We don't hold back in this place today, God. We see you Monday through Friday and Saturday as well as Sunday. We give you first place in our lives. We don't give you second or third place. You're our source of strength, oh God. That's why we sing. That's why we honor you, oh Lord. That's why we sing praises to your name, oh God. That's why we sing praises to your name, oh God. That's why we sing praises to your name cause you're worthy you are worthy we've seen too much to not believe in this place oh God we've seen too much to not believe oh Lord cause I sing praises to your name
Father, we thank you so much for this time of just prayer and worship, Lord. Father, as we get ready to continue this service, Lord, uh, allow us to come with our cups empty, Lord. Let us be ready to receive what our uh, pastor has for us today, Lord. Let us be ready to be fulfilled and be ready to just gain your blessing that you have for us today, Father. 
Father, as we get ready to move on service, Lord, I put a special protection upon the kids this morning, Lord. As they get ready to learn your word and hear your word, Lord. Lord, give these teachers the strength to teach and preach your word, Father. Father, give these kids the ears to listen and the mouths to speak. Father, I thank you so much for just your joy and your love that you have given me and that you have given us. Father, continue to move in the service and move in our lives. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Before you sit down, could you find somebody to shake their hand and give them a big smile? Tell them Jesus loves you. Find somebody you never talked to before. Don't talk to the same three people. Find somebody new. Praise God. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to be with the family of God. We're just getting warmed up. Hallelujah. Hey, a couple quick things that uh, we didn't get a chance to touch on on the video announcements. Our friend Elizabeth, Elizabeth, raise your hand. She's raising money for Special Olympics. Anybody who wants to go in the polar plunge, jump in the Ohio River in January. Or you can donate to that. We know the good work that they do. Also, we're going to bring back a kids event we did last year, Candyland. And that's going to be from 4 to 6. There's dinner. There's a bunch of kids' activities. It's like a life-size candy land. Just something fun for the kids to do for Christmas. Uh, there's going to be tickets next Sunday. So if you have any questions about that, they'll be there to, uh, to answer your questions. December 16th. And if you have any questions about it, they'll be here to answer them next week. So this is my fourth and uh, final message for this series on financial breakthrough. And I'm excited because this is the part where we really supercharge and believe God for the, the financial breakthrough. This is where we bring the supernatural into the natural. And, and I hope that if you've got anything for these past few weeks that you began to uh, build your faith, to believe for something bigger, and to believe for something better for your family, to believe that our God is a God of abundance, that He's El Shaddai, the God of, of more than enough. And, and I hope I've convinced you that uh, God wants you to prosper. The Bible says that God delights in the prosperity of His people. And as you are a child of the Most High God, no matter where you end up being placed, God can rise you up to the top. Think about Daniel. Daniel got exported to Babylon, was in a godless society, but you know what? They seen the favor, they seen the grace that was on his life, and, and it rose him right to the top. Think about a guy like Joseph. Joseph literally sold by his brothers into slavery. 
And even in slavery, the slave master sees that there's something special that's, that, that, that's on him. And he makes him in charge of all his stuff. And then he ends up in prison. And even the head of the prison said there's something special on this guy. He gets raised up, becomes head of the prison. And then eventually God raises him up to be the second in charge of all of Egypt. So you have that same anointing, that same power is on you. As a matter of fact, we have a better covenant that's based on better promises. So no matter where you're at, you can rise to the top. It's not your destiny to struggle your whole life, to not know how you're going to pay your bills, to worry that your car is going to break down, always worried about paying your rent. I, I felt God speak in my spirit that this is the time for financial breakthrough. If you believe it, shout amen this morning. Amen. amen. We're just going to go ahead and pray. We'll get into today's message. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of your son, Jesus. Lord, and I thank you for your word, and I pray that you add a blessing to it. Lord, I pray that you would give the people uh, ears to hear, hearts to receive. We bind any type of hindering spirits or demonic message that would try to come and steal the seed of the word that's going out today. Lord, and I thank you, Lord, that you are bringing us into a season of abundance. Your word says that we've been through the fire, we've been through the flood, but you're going to bring us out into a wealthy place. We believe it, we receive it, we claim it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Now, as you go, if you have ever been to Israel or know anything about Israel, there's two seas that are very popular and there's one river. There's the Dead Sea there's the Sea of, the, of Galilee, and there's the River Jordan. The Sea of Galilee has, you know, it, it, it has a lot of, of aquatic life in it. It's, it, it. it's filled with life, but the Dead Sea is dead. There's nothing that lives in the Dead Sea because of its high salt content. The River Jordan feeds both of these seas. But the big difference between the Dead Sea and the Mediterranean Sea is the, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the Sea of Galilee, is that the Sea of Galilee has rivers that flow out of it. Where the Dead Sea, it's just water just flows in. So the only way that water flows out is it just has to evaporate. So its salt content just keeps getting higher and higher, and it's dead. But then you have the Sea of Galilee, and it's, it's, it's bubbling with life. There's, there, there's a water that flows in. There's fresh water that flows in. There's fresh water that flows out. It flows in. It flows out. So it's vibrant, it's abundant, it, it, it's, a, it's alive with life. And if you want to get into a supernatural flow in your finances, you can't be like the Dead Sea, right? The Dead Sea just receives, but doesn't want to release. And, and when you're unwilling to release the things that God puts in your hand, then it's impossible for you to be a channel of God's goodness. You, you just can't be. And the whole purpose of uh, talking about prosperity or, or being blessed by God. The whole purpose of it is so that I can be a blessing to people that are around me. People make this whole, and they say, oh, well, you know, it, it's a message about, it, it's a message about greed. And, and, and people make it about how much you can receive. But it's not how much you can receive. The message is really about how much you can give. There's a, 
there's a story in the Bible of uh, the rich young ruler. It's, it's a popular story. I'm sure a, a lot of you guys have heard it before. And Jesus is approached by this young guy. They call him the rich young ruler. Obviously a, a very wealthy a young man, probably inherited, you know, most of his money. And he asked Jesus, he says, what do I got to do to get to heaven? Jesus said, well, follow all the commandments. And he says, well, I've done that since I was a kid, which, number one, makes us know that he is a liar, right? Because he didn't, he didn't follow all those commandments. So he lied to Jesus, and Jesus said, okay, well, if that's the case, then there's one more thing. Sell everything that you have and give it to the poor. And basically, he wouldn't want to do that. He didn't want to part with any of his stuff, so he walked away. So not only... Because he didn't want to part with his stuff when Jesus asked him to. Not only did he miss being able to walk with Jesus. Think about it. You had this, this window in history, three and a half years, where Jesus was in bodily form, dwelling on the earth. And Jesus asked him to, to follow him, and he wouldn't do it. Not only that, probably when the Romans came in AD 70 and destroyed all of Jerusalem, he probably lost everything that he had anyway. Because they took it all and dispersed everybody. And on top of that, he probably never made it to heaven um, unless he got saved. But the curious thing about the story is after all this happens, Jesus goes through some more teaching and Peter's like, well, we left everything for you. And Jesus says to him, you know, there's nobody that has given up anything, houses and lands, friends, whatever it is, that won't receive a hundredfold in this life and eternal life in the next. Because that rich young ruler was unwilling to let go of his stuff when Jesus asked him to, he missed out on a hundredfold return and eternal life. The Bible says that it's better to give than receive. Most people think more about receiving. You know, they, they think about what they need. You know, what kind of car they want. They got to go get their hair did. They got to go get their nails done. They got to go get a new set of clothes. I want to go get a new piece of jewelry. They, 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 they think about what they're going to receive, but, but I'm here to say that we need to focus on our giving, because if we focus on our giving, we won't have to worry about our receiving, because uh, in the Bible, God says that he'll open up a window of heaven, and he'll pour out a blessing on you that's so big that you won't be able to contain it. And then guess what? Because you're not able to contain it, then you're going to be able to take that, and you're going to give more away, and that's going to open up a blessing cycle in your life. And then just like that Sea of Galilee, where there's a flow in and there's a flow out because there's a flow into your life coming from God. And you begin to be a channel and, and you begin to flow out. Then you're going to be caught in this never-ending cycle of blessing that's not dependent on the world system. That's not dependent on who's going to be the next president. That's not going to be dependent on inflation. You're going to have a source that is in heaven and it's a river that will never run dry. Could I get an amen this morning? Our whole purpose in our Christian life is to be more like God. That's, that's the, the, the growth pattern that, that we want to achieve. And the Bible says very clearly 
that God is a giver. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What could be a greater gift than that? What could be a more sacrificial gift than that? I mean, most people wouldn't even give their lives for another person, much less give your children's life. God poured out his best. He, he gave his, his only begotten son because when mankind was in a garden, when they listened to the other voice in the garden, when they listened to the voice of, of Satan, then we know that man fell into a curse. And that curse meant that mankind was separated from God and bound for hell. But right after the curse is pronounced in Genesis chapter 3, we, we call this the, the, the first gospel. It's in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. God says this. He says, I will put enmity, think of the word enemy, when you have that, when you, when you hear that word, I'll put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now, in most Bibles that you have, you'll see that the, the second seed in that scripture is, is capitalized. Because it's not a thing, it's a person. Jesus is the seed of the woman. He was born of a virgin by the name of Mary. And this isn't the only place where Jesus is called a seed. There's another place that, that calls Jesus the, the seed of Abraham. And just, just hang with me um, just for a second because if you understand what I'm about to teach you, you're going to kind of get everything that I'm trying to, to say this morning. What does a seed do? Right? A, a seed goes into the ground, it gets buried, so it looks like it's gone, and then from that seed pops up, you know, whatever fruit, vegetable, tree that was planted, and, and, and from that, you get a harvest. So you get, you know, if it's a tomato plant, you plant your tomato seed, you grow your tomato plant, and you get a tomato plant that has a bunch of tomatoes, that not only can you eat, but they have a bunch of seeds in them that you can take and you could plant more tomato plants and you could get even a greater harvest. So God gives the world his only begotten son, Jesus, who is the seed of the woman. And I mean, what an amazing blessing that it must have been to be around Jesus at that time when he walked the earth. Listening to the way that he taught. They said that, that he, he taught in a way that, that no one ever heard. To have the, the insight of heaven. To see the miracles that, that, that he did. Lepers cleansed. The people who couldn't walk, walking. Even the, the dead raised. It, it had to be just amazing. But Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, unless a kernel of wheat dies, it remains a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So Jesus dies for you and I. He dies in our place for our sin. And he's buried in a rich man's tomb, just like a seed. And just like a seed, on the third day, he, he, he rises from death, victorious over 
death, hell, and the grave. He's, he's raised to new life. And the Bible calls him the first fruits of a new creation. And you and I are new creations in Christ. The, he, he's the seed, but you and I are the harvest. And when he places his spirit inside of us, now we go out and when we share the gospel with somebody else and they receive it, the harvest gets greater and greater and greater. So God breaks the curse of the world by sowing Jesus as a seed. Now, if you'll begin to look at your finances in the same way that, that, that your money is a seed, then in the same way God breaks the curse by a seed, you can break financial poverty by sowing seeds. Let's get in our main text this morning. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. If you're there, say amen. I'll wait for you guys for a couple minutes. Actually, I'm just getting a glass of water, acting like I'm waiting for you to turn to your Bible. I see Zeke is on point with our scripture. By the way, the new projector will be here next week. Amen? Supposed to arrive on Monday. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you that the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and fellowship of the ministering to the saints. So he's writing to a, a church in Corinth, and he's using the example of what he calls the church in Macedonia. We would know that as the Philippian church, right? In the Bible, the, 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 the Philippians. And he's using them as an example of generous giving. The one thing that he was pointing out is he was saying like, this was not a rich church. As a matter of fact, he actually says that they gave out of a, a deep poverty and it says that they gave beyond their own ability. And I think what happens a lot of times like when we struggle and, and we feel like the enemy's attacking our finances, what we do is we immediately shut off our giving. And we say, you know what, I, I, I'm not going to give, but you know, one day when I get more money, you know, then I'm going to start giving again. But what happens from that is you kind of stay stuck in, in that cycle and you never really come out of it because the thing that would get you out of it, you're, you're giving, you, you've stopped it. And we call that eating your seed. When everything comes in and you consume everything that comes in, then there's no seed for you to get a harvest. So you're going to constantly stay stuck in that cycle until you break through and begin to believe God. Uh, verse 5 says this. It says, and not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord, then to us by the will of God. So we urge Titus that as he had begun, 
that he would also complete this grace in you as well. But as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. So there are things as Christians that we will grow in. Right? We grow in love. We grow in holiness. It talks about growing in your speech. We shouldn't talk the same way that we used to talk out in the world after we got saved. We, we, we grow in knowledge of the Bible. We grow in, in all these things. But he, he tells the, this church in Corinth, he says that I want you to excel in this grace as well. I, I want you guys to be givers. I want you to excel and grow in the grace of giving. And a lot of times people come to, come to church and, and they get saved, but their wallet never really gets saved. So they, they grow and they want to be prophetic and they want to do all this stuff and, you know, and, and, and get into all this stuff and all this spiritual stuff, but they never grow in the grace of giving. And uh, basically, we know that we came to a place of maturity in our Christian walk, when we begin to excel in the grace of giving. It says that we are not attached to money anymore, but we see money as a tool to build God's kingdom. And we also believe that there is a God in heaven who will bless our finances and take care of all our needs so we don't have to hoard. Verse 8. I speak not by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that through your poverty, through his poverty, might become rich. And again, this is just another example of what we call the great exchange that happened at the cross. Jesus died in our place for our sins. The Bible says that he who knew no sin, Jesus was sinless, became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So Jesus takes our sin and we take his righteousness, right? There was an exchange that happened at the cross. The Bible says that he bore our suffering, he bore our sickness and our pain and our disease. So what? So that we could be healed. There was an exchange that happened at the cross. And here in this passage, it said that he who was rich, he was in heaven, God in the flesh. Well, how many houses do you own? Well, I pretty much own the whole universe. I own it all. That's rich. That's real riches. The ruler of the universe. But it says that for your sakes, he became poor. So that through his poverty, you might become rich. There's a great exchange that, 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 that happened there. Jesus bought for us to break the, the curse of poverty in our life. He, he bought for that at the cross. And it's going to get spelled out a little more in the next chapter. So if you could flip one chapter over to... 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and we're going to get into verse 6. See, we get saved, but then we learn to overcome the power of sin in our life. 
we learn that. The, the Bible says that at the cross, the power of sin is broken. And then as we grow in the things of God, we begin to walk and, 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 and we begin to walk in a way and we learn how to walk in the spirit so we don't fulfill the lust in the flesh. That's, that, that's a learned behavior. We, we learn to walk in a revelation of divine health and divine healing. There's, there, there's a way that we do that. There's a way that, that, that we get a grace and we catch a revelation and we begin to, to walk in that. And there's the same way that, that, that as we begin to understand God's plan for prosperity in our life, that we follow that and we walk with that, and that leads us to a good place. Verse 6, it says this, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. But he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So here we kind of, and it's spelled out in a lot of other places, but, but it's basically the law of sowing and reaping. And we need to understand, and, and this, this chapter is all about finances. So be careful to try to spiritualize it. You know, and, and take, this is a very practical chapter, and, and we need to understand that we will reap in proportion to what we sow. We'll receive in proportion to, to what we give, and a lot of us, you know, we, we treat the offering basket like we're tipping God. That's how it was. I grew up Catholic, and that's what it was. You got in, you tipped God. All right, you know, here comes the offering basket. I got a couple crumpled up dollar bills. I'll throw it in there. Uh, there's your tip. We're not supposed to treat God like that. We're, we're supposed to come. We, we, don't, we don't tip God. We, we sow. We give generously and, and sacrificially. And we give in faith knowing that whatever we give God always comes back to us. Multiplied. Verse 8. Chris is with me. I don't know about anybody else. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. It's what we've been talking about the past couple weeks. That, that there's, there's an abundance. And look at the promise that God has here. That you will have all sufficiency. In other words... What you have will be sufficient to meet all of your needs. Whatever you need, you will have enough. You will have all sufficiency and then you'll have an abundance for every good work. What's every good work? Giving to the church, giving to a new ministry, paying for somebody's dinner or lunch, buying somebody's groceries, helping somebody out with their utility bills, giving to the poor, helping your friend, helping your neighbor. You'll have it because you, you give to God. You excel in a grace of giving. And then there's a grace where God multiplies everything to bring it back to you. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now I want you to pay attention to verse 10. It says, now may he... That means God who supplies seed to the sower 
and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed which you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. While you're enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgiving to God. So what's the first thing he says? He says that God supplies seed to the sower. So, you know, when people say, well, you know, hey, I'm sorry, I really don't have anything to give right now. Then basically you're saying that the Bible isn't true. Because it says that he supplies seed to the sower. It's up to you whether you sow it or not. God will supply the seed to you. It's up to you whatever you do it. But he says that, that, that he supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. So he gives you your needs and then he gives you seed to sow. And then he says that not only does he supply your seed, but if you sow it, then he will multiply your seed. In other words, what you give, he'll multiply that and give more back to you. And then... Verse 12, it says, the administration of this service not only supplies needs to the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgiving to God. So, the purpose of giving is twofold. It, it, it allows the work of God, the ministry to go forward so people can get saved, so that we can run our men's home, so that we can run a women's home, so that we can run a preschool so that we can run a youth program, right? Your giving goes to all that so we can do outreach. Um, you know, people can get help with their marriages, right? We do funerals, we do weddings, all that good stuff, right? Your, your giving goes towards, they, they call this the, the, the supplying the needs of the saints, but it also says that your contribution will be, will be multiplied and that your life will be blessed and as God blesses your life, you can't help but give thanksgiving to God. Say, God, I know I don't deserve this. And I know that in my own ability, in my own talents, there's no way that I could have all the things that you've given me in my life. I have been blessed way more than I ever would deserve. And I praise you and I thank you, Lord. Well, you know, God will just, you know, he wants to keep you poor so you can stay humble. God's not glorified in that. Thank you, God, that I'm eating ramen noodles for the third time for dinner this week. Praise God. I mean, happy you have it. But God wants to bless your life. He wants something better for you. So, Jesus as a seed, breaks the curse of eternal death. We break the curse of poverty through the seed of financial giving. Your seed will meet your need. I'm going to give just two quick examples, and then we're going to kind of finish up our service, and we're going to take our offering today. And today's the day that if you want to come into agreement with me, we're going to believe that any type of financial poverty or hardship, that it's going to end today. And it's not only going to end for you, 
it's going to end for your children, and it's going to end for your children's children. Amen. You can turn there if you want, um, but I'm just going to give you kind of the Cliff Notes version. 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 8 through 16. I'm going to give you an example from the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, you, you have Elijah, and he's sent out to a widow. And, you know, the, this, this raven was feeding him by the brook, and God said, I'm going to send you to a widow. And... She's going to meet your needs. And Elijah gets out to this widow, and basically she's down to just a little bit of flour, a little bit of oil. There's pretty much a famine. She's basically given up, and she was going to use the, the last little bit of flour and oil she had, and she was going to make a little, uh, little cake, little thing of bread for, for her and her son, and that was going to be their last supper, and then they were just going to die. That's what she told Elijah. That's how hard off that she is. But Elijah shows up as the man of God, and he says, well, before you do that, make me a meal first. Now, you, you would think like everything, like that would offend all of our senses. That poor widow, she's down to two cakes, and you're asking her for one. But you got to understand that Elijah wasn't, there to take something from her he was there to get a blessing to her that's why God sent him there she was to supply him with a cake and through her giving God was going to multiply what she give and take care of her and her son so that they could live a long life so the the meal she she's obedient she makes she makes a meal she gives it to him and Elijah said that your jar of flour is not going to run out your oil's not going to run out. And it says that after she made it and she gave it to him, that was a seed that she sowed. She didn't have enough for her to make it for her and her son. There's nothing she could do. She took the little bit of she had. She sowed a seed to God's prophet. And because of that, God multiplied that seed. And it says that her flour and her oil, they ate from for many days after that. God used a seed to meet her need. John chapter 6, and this miracle is actually recorded in all four of the Gospels. I'm sure you guys all know it and are familiar with it. But Jesus is teaching this great multitude on the, the hillside. And, and it's getting late and people are, are getting hungry. And, and, and the disciples begin to encourage Jesus, send them away. Because they're hungry and, and it's getting late. And there's, there's no way that, that we're going to be able to feed them. Jesus is like, well, well, what are we going to do? Why don't we feed them? Well, we can't. We don't have enough money. Even if we had this much money, we couldn't even, we, we couldn't even buy it. There's one boy brings a few loaves and a few fishes to Jesus. What was that? That was his seed. Wasn't enough to meet the need, but, but, but he had a seed. And he gave it to Jesus. And it says that, that Jesus took the bread, he broke it, and he blessed it. And with that, he fed 5,000 people with 12 baskets of food left over. The seed met the need. So we're going to close out today. Worship team, if you want to make your way forward. And we're going to close out this service 
with an offering and, and, and prayer. But before we do that, I just want to give you the opportunity, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to give you that opportunity today. Maybe we're all Christians today, maybe we're good, but none of this matters unless you're in covenant with God. None of it really matters unless you're, you're, you have a covenant with God, unless you've asked him to forgive you of your sins. You asked him to send the Holy Spirit to come live within you and change you. Because that's where the rubber meets the road. And as much as we, we like to fellowship in this church and everybody talks and I can't get you guys to sit down in the beginning of service. These relationships that you have after you get saved, they continue on into eternity. So if I could have every head bowed and every eye closed before we end this service and we take our breakthrough offering today. I just want to give you that opportunity. If you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, the Bible says that we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. That's every single one of us and the wages of sin is death. There's no amount of good that we can do to try to right our wrong. One day we will stand before Jesus. The Bible says that is appointed once to die and then comes the judgment. So if you're here today and you say that I am not ready to stand before God on that judgment day, if, if I wouldn't wake up tomorrow morning, I just want you to raise your hand and stick a hand up and say, today I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. Anybody here? Amen. God sees your hand. He knows your heart. Anybody else today? Anybody else? God sees your hand. He knows your heart. Anybody else? God sees your hand. He knows your heart. Anybody else? Well, I'm going to ask you guys to take a step of faith because Jesus died for us publicly. And I want you to seal this time and this place as the day that everything changed in your life. If you raised your hand, I'm just going to ask you to very quickly, just don't think about it. Just step out the aisle and come forward. If you raised your hand, just step out of the aisle, get up out of your seat, and come forward to the middle. Go ahead. Amen. Amen. Give a round of applause. Every, anybody else? I saw more hands than that. Anybody else? Just step out. Just step out. I'm not here to embarrass you. Anybody else? All right. We're going to pray together. Anybody else before we start to pray? Amen. Give a round of applause. Anybody else? Come on. Come on forward. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So glad. So proud of you. So proud of you. I know it's a big step. If you guys could just take each other's hands, and I'm going to kind of complete this. And we're going to pray. We're just going to pray something called the sinner's prayer. And if you pray this prayer in faith, it has every power to transport you and take you out of the kingdom of darkness and bring you into the kingdom of light. So just repeat after me. Just say, Lord Jesus. I come to you. I'm sorry for the way I've lived. The things I've done. I'm a sinner. But you're my savior. And I believe. That you died. In my place. For my sins. Send the Holy Spirit. To live within me. And change me. And I will follow you. For the rest of my days. And today, I confess that I'm saved, that I'm forgiven, that I'm born again in the mighty name of Jesus. 
Amen. Amen. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Welcome. 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 That's not an easy thing to walk up the aisle. If you want to congratulate them and step out of your seats. The Bible says that there's a party that kicks off in heaven when one sinner comes to repentance. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And if you guys want to congratulate, that's fine. Everybody else who's sitting down, we're going to take today's offering. But I want you to take a moment. I want you to be quiet just before the Lord. I just want you to really seek His face. And I want you to just ask the Lord how much He would have you give. And just be faithful to that. And, and I'm, not, I'm not pressing you to, to, to do everything. You shouldn't give under... This is... You want to be led by the Holy Spirit. But I believe that if you'll step out and you'll just be, you'll just be obedient to the voice of the Lord, that He's going to break financial poverty off your life. He's going to break greed off your life. He's going to break materialism off your life. And this is where everything changes. There's ways that you can give electronically, there's text to give, you can scan the QR code that's on your bulletins, but let's just take a moment, let's just be quiet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you're giving an envelope or you have a check or however you want to give, if you're giving by your phone, you can stick your phone up in the air. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of your son, Jesus. Lord, and we thank you that you died not to just save us from hell and not to just save us from our sins, but you died so that, so that we wouldn't be in a place of struggle and poverty. I hereby bind the devil off everybody's finances in here. And I thank you that the windows of heaven are opening up. The windows of heaven are opening up. Bills are getting paid supernaturally. There's money that's coming in supernaturally to each and every person in here to meet every need they have. No more struggle. No more lack. No more sleepless nights. No more I can't do for my kids what I want to do because I don't have enough. That all ends today. That curse is broken today in Jesus' name through this offering. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for a new day. We thank you for financial breakthrough in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Ushers, you can go ahead and take the offering. As they take the offering, if you could stand to your feet. Let's go out of here with praise and thanksgiving.
Let's go out of here full of the Holy Ghost and power. The devil's under your feet. You're a child of God. You're loved. Amen. are you God holy holy come on sing holy oh just lift
lift your voices. Thank you, Lord. Just with your hands lifted up to heaven, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Until we meet again, may the blessing and the favor of our Lord Jesus Christ rest upon you and your house. God bless each and every one of you. This service is complete. Feel free to stick around for fellowship and worship. God bless you.
Call my name. Tell you, call my name. 